you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Eric the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Good afternoon. This is Aaron Addison here on American Family Radio. I am Will Addison. And right now you're joining me for Wednesdays with Will. I'm glad that you're here. We are living in some great times right now. What a time to be alive and in Christ. And so we don't shy away from these moments. We run into these moments. And so I'm just very privileged to be living right now. You know, I could have been living in another century at another time, but God saw fit that he would have us to live right now for his glory. Amen. For his glory. And so, again, these days don't bring about fear. They bring about confidence in the one that we serve and we serve the most high God. Before we get started, I want to uh, make sure I, I let you know these announcements. There's a few things that are coming up. Well, first of all, make sure you email us at addisons at AFR.net. If you want to correspond with us, you have a question or comment, you can email us directly at addisons at AFR.net, and we will try our best to get back with you. Sometimes uh, we just can't. There's a lot going on. But if you would like to send us something, uh, addisons at AFR.net. Also, you can follow us on Facebook. Just search Airing the Addisons. Uh, you can also watch the broadcast live right now on our Facebook page. And so if you want to uh, join us there, you, you sure can. Also, as you guys already know, the Marriage Family Life Date Night in Hattiesburg uh, that's happening August 24th is full to capacity. So, But our next date night event will be in Jackson, Tennessee on September 20th. And so I want to give you the details there because you can register now. You can register now. Go to marriagefamilylife.net and make sure you click on that events tab. And you should see it on the front page there. And you can register for the Jackson, Tennessee uh, MFL date night. It's going to be at the Carl Grant Event Center on the campus of Union University. And so all of the information is there. If you go to marriagefamilylife.net. You can get all the information that you need. The, ca- the uh, attire is casual. You know, be comfortable. Uh, and you have till September 13th, September 13th to register. So that's for our Marriage Family Life date night. That's happening uh, September 20th uh, in Jackson, Tennessee. It's going to be a great time, a great time. Also, if you want to get your Leviathan Mom black and pink shirts, they're now available at the AFA Resource Center. Just go to afastore.net. And also, if you desire a clear and concise teaching on uh, biblical response to critical race theory, you go to afastore.net and you can pick up a two-part teaching done by my wife, Miki Addison, on this topic. A great resource for you personally, a great resource for 
your church, a Bible study, uh, whatever you want to do with it. But I think it, it is a great resource. Today, today we're going to spend some time talking about um, our weapon, our weapon. And we know what's going on around the world. Uh, it's being highlighted right now what's happening in Afghanistan. Uh, we we see <laughs> was was the just the fail the failure of the administration. I would say you know to to uh, get uh, people out uh, effectively. Um, There's so many uh, Americans that are still there. There are Christians that are there. There are missionaries there. You know uh, we see the te- the, uh, the the videos of the Taliban with uh, their rifles and their guns and all this stuff. It's just a crazy crazy thing but once again we're living in some very exciting times but before I get into our weapons there's a uh, portion of scripture that I uh, routinely read at our church before uh, we begin to minister Uh, and I'm gonna I want to read that here now and I might make it a part of Wednesdays with Will because it's so important I believe um, that we are not only hearers of the word, but that we are doers of the word. And uh, James chapter one, and I'll start at verse 22. It said, but prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. One of the main problems that I see within the people of God today is that it's not the, 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 the fact that we're not hearing messages and hearing the word of God being taught and preached and all this. But, man, the application process of that, we're failing in that. It's one thing to hear a good word. It's one thing to hear the word of the Lord. It's another thing to obey it. And I always say, if we just if we would obey and apply what we know in our minds, as far as the word of God is concerned, man, we would we would be unstoppable. If we would apply the scriptures that we hear Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday or whenever, you know, if we would apply the scripture that we read day in and day out, man, you talk about a powerful church. You talk about a powerful church, but there's a lack of application uh, that I'm seeing, you know, within the body of Christ. You know, there, there may be many people who are, you know, familiar with the word, who can uh, 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 memorize things and have verses and things like that. But how much of the word are we applying? And that goes along with what I want to talk about today. So our weapon, we have weapons, y'all. We have weapons that God has given us as his people. We are not out here stranded, you know, in a spiritual way, just, you know, without anything in our hands to fight the enemy. Uh, The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 through 6, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Being ready to punish every disobedience 
when your obedience is complete. So as Christians, we have some heavy duty artillery on our side. A lot of times we don't act like it. We don't live like it, but we do. That's the reality. And we are in a spiritual battle, but God has given us all that we need to fight and overcome. We are prone at times to feel powerless as darts are being thrown at us all day. The flesh, our minds, the devil is always on attack, always on attack. His mode of operation is to steal, kill and destroy. But the son of God appeared for this purpose to destroy the works of the devil. That's first John three, eight. You see, the enemy is always at the ready to fight against the people of God. He never takes breaks. He's never on sabbatical. He's always coming with some foolishness, you know, and we live in a world and a society that is set up to make the Christian fall, the, you know, to not succeed. Our flesh loves the things of this world. So with all of that, why would God leave us powerless? He wouldn't. We have weapons. The apostles in the New Testament compare, he, they compare us to sojourners, to pilgrims, to aliens, and even soldiers, even soldiers. And this idea of being a soldier constantly in a war position, but protected at all times and always advancing. And we see this in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 18. You see, we are in a war whether we want to acknowledge it or not. And the truth of the matter is that there is a battle that's raging. And a lot of times we're unprepared. And we act like we don't have the weapons that God has provided for us to use these things in our daily lives. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of, of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm, stand firm. Therefore, having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all taking up the shield of fate with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God with all what prayer and petition pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. Look, we have weapons. We have a full armor. And again, if we just go by, you know, what we know in this world, the worldly system and and just living life, sometimes we feel overwhelmed. But man, we are victorious in Christ Jesus. We are victorious in Christ Jesus. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Right? We do not war according to the flesh. Again, the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction 
of strongholds or fortresses. Second Corinthians chapter 10. So we have heavy artillery, y'all. First, we have the Holy Spirit. Who is God indwelling us? We have the word, the word of God. Well, we whereby we can resist the devil. And what, what does the word say? And he will flee. We have prayer. That men ought always pray and not lose heart. The apostles prayed after being persecuted and they were granted boldness. I always say that if you if you if you are not praying. You're losing you're losing heart. You're fearful. Praying people do not lose heart. Man ought always pray and not lose heart. Fasting. That's a weapon that we have as well. When you fast, this kind only comes out by fasting and prayer. Remember that? Worship. We worship God. That's a weapon that we use against the evil one. Praise. Isaiah chapter 61 verse 3. The garment of praise instead of a, a spirit of fainting or heaviness. These are weapons. They're spiritual gifts that's talked about in 1 Corinthians and, and Romans. Supplications. Thanksgiving. Faith. All these are heavy duty artillery that we have in Christ. In this world, we are constantly facing spiritual attack. But God has made it so that we have all the weapons to fight the good fight. We can't lose unless we don't use our weapons. You know, I talked about being a soldier. What if I'm out on the battlefield? I have all the weapons at my disposal, but I refuse to pick them up and use them. I'm going to die. There's no way I'm going to survive that. If I'm in the midst of a battle and I don't use the gun and artillery that's given to me, that's a dumb soldier. And we are operating like that a lot of times as Christians. God has given us all these things. But yet, when the battle is raging and the heat is on, we have our weapons right on our side, not using them. I'm here to encourage you, believer in God, Christian, that you have strong artillery that God has given, that God has given, that we can be victorious in all the battles that would rage on, on all sides. We have weapons, and we're going to get into one of these weapons uh, a little more deeply when we come back. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio Wednesdays with Will. Be right back. Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. I'm Will Addison, and you're joining me right now for Wednesdays with Will. And today we're talking about our weapons. Our weapons, the Bible says, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. And we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. 
we have weapons. We don't fight like the world fights. But a lot of times we don't understand what we have. God has not uh, let us uh, alone here, powerless. We have power through Jesus Christ to destroy strongholds. And we are in a war. Each and every day, we have a fight on our hands. So you know what? It's imperative that we know how to battle. So what's our strategy? What weapons are available to us? How to properly use those weapons? We are not a people given to discipline. <laughs> a lot of times when we think about the word discipline, we cringe. Spiritual disciplines like fasting, prayer, uh, spiritual meditation, those things are lacking. Our churches are cold. The prayer meeting is becoming extinct. The church is more given to gimmick than it is to godliness. The church uh, values charisma over character. We have become comfortable being ones that have a form of godliness but deny his power. We are all right with worshiping with our lips, but our hearts, our hearts are far from him. Why is it that we can fill gyms, stadiums, arenas, and chapels for concerts and conferences Yet we find ourselves, it's like pulling teeth to pack out our local assembly, our churches for solemn assemblies, for prayer. And I would say because social gatherings are easy. It's easy to get together for a concert. It's easy to get together for a conference. It's easy to get together a lot of times for just for service. But prayer, that's tough. Because there's spiritual warfare that's surrounding that, you know, the enemy, he wouldn't have any problem with us, you know, conferencing all the time, you know, meeting for concerts. But man, when the people of God come together and want to pray, you have all the demons unleashed. And we have lost words like tarrying, like we tarry in prayer, like persisting in prayer, travailing in prayer. We now settle for opening prayers and closing prayers, which we expect to be short and sweet, you know. And only one person needs to pray. You know, don't let it go too long. As a matter of fact, when we bow our heads for our meals, that's become pretty much rote. It's like a duty. It's like we say the same prayers over and over. I've been guilty of that. Man, prayer is powerful. I always say that if we really believe that prayer is what we say it is? If we really believe that prayer is what the Bible claims prayer is, man, we will pray a whole lot more with a whole lot more fervor and passion. Think about this. We are talking to the most high God. Whereas in times past, people couldn't just go in and talk to God. The priest had to go in for, for them. Man, we have access to God. On a daily basis, we can talk to him all day if we want. But yet we find ourselves doing other things, zapping our time away rather than spend time with God. I'm encouraging you as I encourage myself, man, we have to use our weapon of prayer. We have to use our weapon of prayer. I want to read something to you uh, from a book called Why Revival Tarries by 
uh, Leonard Ravenhill. I'm going to read this portion. It says, no man is greater than his prayer life. The pastor who is not praying is playing. The people who are not praying are straying. The pulpit can be a, a shop window to display one's talents. The prayer closet allows no showing off. Poverty stricken as the church is today in many things, she is most stricken here in the place of prayer. We have many organizers, but few agonizers. Many players and payers, but few prayers. Many singers, but few clingers. Lots of pastors, but few wrestlers. We have many fears, few tears, much fashion and little passion. Many interferers, few intercessors. Many writers, but few fighters. Failing here, we fail everywhere. The two prerequisites to successful Christian living are vision and passion, both of which are born in the maintained and maintained by prayer. The ministry of preaching is open to few. The ministry of prayer, the highest ministry of all human offices, is open to all. <laughs> you don't need all the degrees and stuff to, to, to uh, be an intercessor, to pray. That's, these are my comments right here. Because a lot of times we feel like, oh, that's prayer. That's for my grandmother. My grandmother did that. Or, you know, this person with this, this uh, masters in, of divinity, they, they pray so eloquently. No, we can all pray. Back to um, Leonard Ravenhill. Spiritual adolescents say, I'll not go tonight. It's only the prayer meeting. It may be that Satan has little cause to fear most preaching. Yet past experiences sting him to rally all his infernal army to fight against God's people who are praying. Modern Christians know little of binding and loosing, though the onus is, is on us. Whatsoever ye shall bind, have you done any of that, uh, any of this lately? God is not prodigal with his power, but to be much for God, we must be much with God. The world hits the trail for hell with a speed that makes our fastest plane look like a tortoise. Yet alas, few of us can remember the last time we missed our bed for a night of waiting upon God for a world-shaking revival. Our compassions are not moved. We mistake the scaffolding for the building. Present-day preaching with its pale interpretation of divine truths, cause, causes us to mistake action for unction, commotion for creation, and rattles for revivals. The secret of praying is praying in secret. A sinning man will stop praying, and a praying man will stop sinning. We are beggared and bankrupt, but not broken, nor even bent. Prayer is profoundly simple and simply profound. Prayer is the simplest form of speech that infant lips can try, and yet so sublime that it outranges all speech and exhausts man's vocabulary. 
The Niagara of burning words does not mean that God is either impressed or moved. One of the most profound of Old Testament intercessors had no language. Her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. No linguist here. There are groanings which cannot be uttered. Are we so substandard to New Testament Christianity that we know not the historical fate of our fathers with its implications and operations, but only the hysterical fate of our fellows? Prayer is to the believer what capital is to the businessman. Can, can any deny that in the modern church setup, the main cause of anxiety is money? Yet that which tries the modern churches the most troubled the New Testament church the least. Our ascent is on paying, theirs was on praying. And when we have paid, the place is taken. When they have prayed, the place is shaken. In the matter of New Testament, spirit-inspired, hell-shaking, world-breaking prayer, never has so much been left by so many uh, to so few. For this kind of prayer, there is no substitute. We do it or we die. Look, prayer is powerful and effective. It's an important weapon that God has given us. And how often do we pray for one another or with one another? Do we pray with our families, for our co-workers? God has given us weapons of warfare and we don't even esteem them, y'all. We don't have that soldier's mentality when it comes to our weaponry. But we have the mentality of uh, civilians. The soldier stays strapped because the war is ongoing. It's upon him. It's raging. It's fierce. There's no room for him to lay his weapon down on his nightstand so that he may get a few hours of sleep. He sleeps with his weapon always at the ready and always ready to engage. But the civilian can think of other things rather than war, right? He's enjoying his wife and his kids. Uh, he's uh, usually not under duress. The fight is not raging. He can think more heavily about the politics of the day. At the end of the, uh, at the, end of the day, if he's been carrying, uh, he may put down his weapon. He can pretty much enjoy unbothered sleep. Two different situations, two different callings, two different mindsets. Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, No man that wore it entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who had chosen him to be a soldier. We're soldiers, y'all. We're not civilians. We're just not normal people. There's a war that's going on. And I don't care how peaceful you feel like your life is, there's still a war that's raging. And if it's not hot right now, it's going to get hot soon for you. That's just the way it is. If you are not warring, brothers and sisters, then you are entangled in civilian affairs. The truth of the matter is you are a warring whether you believe it or not. An enemy of our souls would like to keep us as Christians ignorant to this. 
You don't want us fighting. You don't want us understanding that we have weapons. For the weapons, back to that first scripture, of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers uh, over this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. We fight a lot of times more with our brothers and sisters in Christ than we fight against the real enemy. We don't understand that human, that, that flesh and blood is not our enemy. But we've been made to think that way. Prayer and spiritual uh, uh, disciples have been un- underrated and un- underused. We would rather rest on the arm of the flesh than on the everlasting arm of Christ. We would rather do the things that will make us feel like, like we're doing something than to rest on what God has done and what he has given to us. Prayerlessness, if we don't pray, you know what it reveals? Our lack of trust in God. If we're, if we're not praying, we're saying, like, we got this. I don't need you, God. That's what we're saying by our actions. We may not be saying that with our lips, but we're saying that, man, I, I, I can manage this life by myself. I don't need your direction. I don't need your leading. Prayer, I don't have time for that. When we, when we fail to pray, we, we're, we're saying, I have figured this thing all out. You know, Jesus... He broke away many times to pray, to pray. So if Jesus did that, what do you think about us? (laughs) We need to break away to pray. In Luke chapter 6, verse 12, 13, it said, And it came to pass in those days when he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called unto him his disciples, and of them he chose twelve, whom also he named apostles. Jesus, before making a decision, he saw the need to pray. What makes us wiser than Jesus? (laughs) A disciple came to Jesus in Luke chapter 11, verse 1 and 2. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. These disciples saw Jesus do all types of stuff. But when it came down to it, they were like, teach us to pray. We need to know how to get with God. We need to understand where we go when things get hot. We need to understand this prayer thing, Jesus. And I will submit to you right now as followers of Christ, we need to have the same prayer. Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. We can't sleep on this weapon. This weapon is powerful and effective. This weapon, talking with God, communing with God, getting his marching orders. We have to have it. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. Wednesdays with Will. We're talking about our weapons. We'll be back right after this.
This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. You're listening to Wednesdays with Will, and we're talking about our weapon of prayer. Like I stated before, God has given us many weapons, and the weapons of our warfare, they're not of the flesh, but they're mighty through God to pull down strongholds. But if we don't use the weapons that God has given us, what good are they? We talk about prayer, and as I'm talking about prayer right now, but how much do we pray? That's where it comes uh, to. That's why it said in the beginning, quoting um, James chapter one. Around uh, verse like 20, 22, 23, 24, that we are not to only be hearers of the word, but we are to be doers of the word. And if we were really doers of the word, man, what would be able to stop us as it stands now? We see the manifestation of just being hearers. We see it all over. We hear the word all the time. We have books about the word. We have the, the word of God. We have, you know, authors that write different things about scripture, commentaries, all of that. Yeah, we're not stronger. How much are we practicing? And God is calling for us as we see all the things that are going on across the world and even within our country to be a people of prayer, to seek him. To cry out. And so I was talking before how Jesus, he broke off and he prayed. And how his disciples came to him and said, teach us to pray. We need to, we need to know how to do this. You know, John the Baptist was a fiery preacher of repentance. because, And he stood for, for truth, but he lost his head. Jesus was a great teacher, amazing. Many uh, with, with his teachings, working miracles, healing the sick. And raising the dead, but this disciple didn't ask to learn how to do any of these other things. As we see in this passage, he asked to be able to know how to pray. A feature of a, 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 a and a discipline of John and of Jesus that was attractive to this disciple was their prayer life. And the Lord was happy to give him the foundations of prayer in chapter 11. You know, Jesus talked about persistence in prayer in Luke chapter 18, verse 1 through 8. Paul talked about never ceasing prayer. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18. And also on prayer for leaders and authority. And lifting up holy hands. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. 
See, when you understand prayer, I think the 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 intercessors and the prayers are the best ones, you know, that would understand like politics. Because think about it. We're praying for our leaders. We pray for, you pray for kings and those who are in authority. So we need to be praying for this government right now as we are looking at them failing miserably. How many of us are praying, God, <laughs> we need wisdom. We need somebody, somebody to come through there with, with some wisdom and some prudence. You know, we have to pray. It, because praying for our leaders, praying for those who are in authority, that only helps us. The word says, I desire that uh, in every place the men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. <laughs> Specifically, men, we should be praying. And I'm not saying women shouldn't pray, but specifically men, we should be praying. That's not something that's relegated to the grandmas or the mamas or the girls. We should be praying men. That the Holy Spirit helps us to pray effectively for the saints in accordance with God. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the, in, is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. If you're, if you're saying, man, I, I don't really know what to say. I don't know how to pray. Holy Spirit, help me to pray. Holy Spirit, give me the words. Help me to pray in accordance uh, with the will of God. And he will. That's Romans chapter 8, verse 26 through 27. What a powerful weapon we have that the enemy has duped us out of understanding how powerful and important it is. When you have a, a, a people of God who are not praying, man, we have been uh, 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 tricked by the enemy. We have been tricked by the enemy. You know, not to speak of authoritative prayer, intercessory prayer, prayers of faith, prayer, prayers of healing, warfare prayers, praying in the spirit. You see it in the Old Testament. Hezekiah prayed. Hezekiah prayed and God, you know, showed up on his behalf. Isaiah prayed. Moses interceded for the people when they, you know, uh, built this golden calf and God was going to destroy the people. He interceded and God changed his mind. The church prayed in Acts chapter 12, 1 through 17. Prayer is powerful from front to back. Of the Bible, you see prayer, people calling out to God, crying out to God. And so as we look at the things happening in our world and specifically in America, when are we going to be on the wall praying? When are we going to feel the call to pray? Once again, this is an encouragement for myself and for whoever's listening. That God has called us to cry out to him. Cries of repentance. Cries of God to come and to, to work on our behalf. This stuff that we're dealing with is beyond us. It's spiritual. And so we have to be a people of prayer. We should pray. Why should we pray? When should we pray? How should we pray? All these things, the Bible answers those questions. There's so many scriptures on prayer. I'll just give a few. Psalm chapter 107, verse 28 through 30. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still, 
and the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad that the waters were quiet, and he brought them to their desired haven. God, he answers our prayers. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened. Matthew chapter 21, verse 22. And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive it if you have faith. Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. John chapter 14. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Now, people have run away with these scriptures and abused them. But the fact still remains that if we're praying God's heart, he hears and he will answer. Why would we not pray when we have such great promises? Why would we not pray? We pray in faith. Mark chapter 9, verse 29. And he said to them, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. Acts chapter 9, verse 40. But Peter put them all aside and knelt down and prayed and turned into the, the body. He said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when he saw, when she saw Peter, she sat up. That was faith. He prayed in faith. And this girl rose. James chapter 5, verse 14 to 16. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power and is working. Why do we sleep on prayer? We pray always and with thanksgiving. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by what? Prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let requests be made known to God and the God of peace, which surpass all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This scripture right here, we need to put into practice on a daily basis. There's too much anxiety, too much mental things going on. Why? Because we would rather be anxious than pray. We would rather have anxiety than pray. So if we're not praying, we're going to have loads of anxiety. But God has promised that he would give us a peace that passes all understanding and it would guard or put a garrison around our hearts and our minds. If you find yourself always up worrying about something, practice Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 7. The command is do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, to let your request be made known to God. That's how we combat anxiety. Not through appeal, not through this medication and that. God has given us what we need to do if we will only do it. If we would only do it. Man, it's right in the book. It's right in the book. Here are some quotes of some pe what some people said about prayer, concerning prayer. 
Um, prayer is a shield to the soul, a sacrifice to God, and a scourge for Satan. John Bunyan. The fewer the words, the better the prayer. That was Martin Luther. Prayer is an effort of will. Oswald Chambers. Our prayer and God's mercy are like two buckets in the well. While one ascends, the other descends. <laughs> Arthur Hopkins. If sinners be damned, at least let them leap to hell over our bodies. If they will perish, let them perish with our arms about their knees. Let no one go there unwarned and unprayed for. Charles Spurgeon. It is because of the hasty and superficial conversations with God that the sense of sin is so weak and that no motives have power to help you to hate, flee, and flee from sin as you should. A.W. Tozer. Prayer is not a monologue, but a dialogue. God's voice in response to mine is its most essential part. Andrew Murray. Don't pray when you feel like it. Have an appointment with the Lord and keep it. A man is powerful on his knees. Corinthian Boone. Prayer is the acid test of devotion. Samuel Chadwick. And prayer, secret, fervent, believing prayer, lies at the root of all personal godliness. William Carey. And just a note on fasting. Fasting is a discipline we shy away from. You know, it's, it's about time for us to put down our forks and pick up our Bibles, y'all. <laughs> fasting is a direct attack on the flesh. It's a way in which we can die daily. And Jesus fasted and prayed. Moses fasted and prayed. Fasting with prayer is powerful. It's powerful. You know, there's much more to say by, uh, about prayer, fasting, intercession. But what I want to simply say and what I want to simply call for is for us to pray. It's a call to pray. Not as a duty, not as a chore, but to pray fervently for all matters. Let's not be anxious, but let's pray. We kind of talked about this yesterday. And as I close the show up, how some, there are some Afghan pastors who are asking for prayer. They're asking for prayer for uh, uh, physical protection and provision. And this, the article went, so I asked my brother, if he was presently in physical danger and he replied not only me but my family too because of me they're praying for spiritual provision they're praying that the gospel would advance can we join them and not only the, the believers in Afghanistan but in North Korea in China in Nigeria where things are ramping up there can we join them there? I came across this report. The Taliban is killing people found with Bibles on their phones. Can we pray for our brothers and sisters that's experiencing persecution? This is Aaron Addison's here, Wednesdays with Will. And we'll be back tomorrow, Lord willing. Until then, 
God bless.